0: is everything that you have heard and been told about success wrong today i'm going to break down why so-called good qualities might be limiting and the bad qualities might be a superpower let's go helping you win in your work life so that you're winning in the rest of your life i'm ken this is the ken coleman show so i'm reading a fascinating book uh, by a guy by the name of Eric Barker. And he had a little fun with the title. Uh, I'm sure he and his publisher had great fun with this. But the title of the book is Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And uh, he's a popular blogger. The book is not new, but I discover books all the time. And, and and this is a book that I think is a fascinating read, and and I'm enjoying it. And and it's a bit of a a lightning bolt moment that I'm sharing with you today that spurs this thought. That I want to share with us today. I think this is really important for individuals that are watching and listening to me who want to be successful to max out your potential. And I will also tell you that this is really important for parents that are raising future adults. So the first chapter, I couldn't even get past the first chapter. I I literally put the book down. I don't know if if you're like me, but uh, I always have something to write with. When I read, and and I'll I'll use an example, I've got my book here on the shelf. And so I'll read something, and and if I see something that really uh, uh, fascinates me or challenges me, I'll underline it immediately, and then I go to the back of the book. This is just extra content. Uh, This is a little extra success hack. And I'll go to the back of the book where you have blank pages, and I'll write down, let's say I underline something on page 11, and I'll write page 11, and I write the topic, the theme there. And then later on, you can go back to your book. And you can look at all these different themes, and you go right to the book. So that's just a little extra hack. So anyway, I'm doing this, and I'm I'm writing like crazy, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. And so in the first chapter of this book, Barker takes on this idea that we've been told the wrong things about success, the wrong indicators. And, of course, he's being provocative. So what does the data say about these qualities? So let me ask you a couple questions. How many of you out there... Would have been very proud or very excited to be the valedictorian of your high school class. Okay. I know some of you are going, uh, yeah, it would have been great, but there was no chance. That was me. How many of you parents would really love your kid to be a valedictorian, top of the class? I mean, you think about it for a kid's academic life, there's no higher honor. You've got your sports you got your extracurricular and the arts, if you will. But academically speaking, being the valedictorian of the class is the highest of all honors. And with that honor comes a certain amount of esteem. And, you, and you're and you sitting there in the big giant graduation in the football field or wherever you're at the basketball court. You're watching this. You're in the assembly hall. The kid walks across and everybody cheers. You know, you got the salutatorian, the valedictorian, everybody sitting there kind of going to go, well, they're, they're, they're the top of the class. They're going to be successful. That kid's got it together. All right. And then the flip side of that is is because we put so much emphasis on academic success, GPA, SAT, ACT, school you get into. So what happens is the very nature of all of that focus creates a negative comparison for anybody that's in the middle to the bottom half of the class. So we've been programmed to believe that the valedictorian, the person who gets straight A's, doesn't have to be just a valedictorian, but the straight A student, they are going to be most successful. And so we drive kids towards that, homework, quiz, all the stuff, got to get a good GPA. What does it say? The real data on the success of the valedictorian, the salutatorian, the straight A student versus the average or below average student. Let's just look. Karen Arnold, a researcher at Boston College, followed 81 high school valedictorians from graduation on, and they did well. No surprise there. 90% of the 81 high school valedictorians are now in professional careers with 40% in the highest tier jobs. They are considered to be well-rounded and successful. So, boom. I don't think anybody's shocked by that, but she wasn't just studying their levels of success. She was also studying what were the highs, what were the lows, and they were all just pretty much very stable, good success levels, but did any of them become visionaries? People that did world-changing type things or accomplishments. No, none of them. The same study showed that not one of the 81 valedictorians did some epic world-changing type thing. Now again, I don't want you to miss the focus here because I believe you can change the world without inventing something. You can change your world. But the point of the study is going to come very clear here. The research shows this is from Karen Arnold's research. Research shows that what makes students likely to be impressive in the classroom is the same thing that makes them less likely to be home run hitters outside the classroom. So successful, good jobs, good salaries, good benefits, yes. Great results? Not so much. Now, I hope you catch this. What makes students likely to be impressive in the classroom is the same thing it makes them less likely to be home run hitters outside the classroom. That's not my opinion. That's Karen Arnold's research. That's pretty fascinating stuff. And I hope it allows some of you parents out there that are listening in uh, who, who or are soon-to-be parents or one-day parents, and you go, I'm afraid my kid's going to be like me. And, and by the way, I was a C student. And this data this quote by the lead researcher on this data makes me go because my ability to do great things, iconic things or just be a good citizen it's not predicated on what my grades were that's the big takeaway for me the non-scientific takeaway but But the other takeaway is it makes me so sad for the kids like me or the kids that that even did worse than I did in school and were told, you don't fit inside the box. You don't pay attention. You need to look at an alternate path in college. You're just not wired for this. this. Whether that is said to them or not, that's what comes across. And it's heartbreaking. So why have we been conditioned to believe that academic achievement is such a strong indicator of success? I'll tell you why. Because it's about the system. The system, the educational system in America was designed to create conformity, designing people to be able to work assembly line jobs, jobs that require tremendous conformity. Just do what you're told. That's a fact, folks. Whether you like it or not, that's what the American education system is. So what what that means is is that we've got to churn out kids that do very good in all these topics and all of these classes and we seek conformity and we reward conformity. So what do conformists do? Well, they go on and they're great rule followers, which means they get promoted and they do have good jobs and good pay. Nothing wrong with the conformist. I'm all for you if you're a conformist. But what if you're not that perfect, balanced student? When we come back, We're going to show you the breakdown and free both sides of this, the rule followers and the rule breakers. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech, can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full-stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a 1,000 hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to The Ken Coleman Show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, folks, if you're enjoying the show and it is encouraging you, equipping you to win in your work life, love for you to help us grow. You can do that if you're watching a video via YouTube by liking the video, subscribing, and sharing. Then if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, give us a follow and a five-star review and share as well. All right, so we're talking about the world is really, when it comes down to the world of work, the world is broken down into two camps of people, and they are the conformist and the non-conformists. Now, neither one is bad. Let me just say this. You are who you are, and I want you to embrace who you are. But the bottom line is you are either a conformist or a non-conformist. Let me put it a different way. Rule followers, how many of you are out there? Oh, you smiled just now. You nodded your head with a knowing confidence that you dot the I's and cross the T's. How many of you are rule breakers? Now, these people, they did a fist pump. Uh, yeah, you know, because it's like, hey, don't tell me what I got to do when I got to do it. I'll decide. I want to march to my own drumbeat. That's really how it breaks down. Some of you parents have one of each <laughs> as re- As relates to the kids who go, you know what, I got a rule follower. They've always been a rule follower, and then I got a rule breaker, and I've got those in my house, and that's just how it is. So the conformist, they demonstrate a willingness, uh, an ability to conform. You know, they're not questioning the process. They want to understand the process. They want to honor the process. And they excel with the process. This is, again, there's not a negative here. Just I'm just laying this out. This is vitally important to understand where you fall. They demonstrate discipline, the conformers. They're, they're very disciplined. Uh, and they have a lot of general knowledge and they excel across the spectrum uh, I'll, I'll give you an example my brother is one of these people he just is uh he is the conformist uh good with rules very disciplined uh was it a straight a student across the board it's just it's just who he is then the non-conformist well, that's me just being honest with you we bristle at rules we question rules. Rules don't make us happy. Rules make us a little bit irritated on the surface. <laughs> we just, well, we'll do what's right, and you can be a law abiding citizen, and I am. But I will challenge every rule immediately upon being presented with said rule. And then I decide <laughs> whether or not I think I should conform or not. And that's how the non or the rule breakers are wired. So it's important that we, we acknowledge these two camps or these two buckets, but also that the world needs both. It's a great harmony when, when conformists and non-conformists can work together. So if you were the valedictorian type, you were the straight-A student, the world needs you, and, and, and you got to keep doing your thing. And you have largely won and you will win. The data says you win. But I want to now spend just my few remaining moments on this topic with those of you that were in my camp and that are the the nonconformist. You're a little bit of a rule breaker. You didn't do well in school. You didn't fit that one-size-fits-all. We're going to run you through eight hours of classes a day, and we're going to have you take a test. You just weren't good test takers. You couldn't pay attention in class. I get you. I feel you. Because here's what the data said. The data said that these these people were the most likely to be trailblazers and make massive changes in the world. The billionaires, the inventors, the tastemakers, the trailblazers. So I want you to stop feeling the guilt and shame that the school system that your teachers, that your parents, that other coaches, people unwittingly put on you. They weren't trying to be unkind. They were working in a system, and you grew up in a matrix, and the matrix said you had to do this and be this. But you never felt like you belonged in that matrix. You always felt uncertain, you always felt unorthodox, maybe unpopular. But lean into who you are. Now, if you are that conformist, great. Stay in that lane. If you're the non-conformist, understand you will not win in a conforming environment, a culture, a workplace, societal rules. You're just not going to. These are the people, by the way, that will most likely be entrepreneurs. It's not, And again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. But understand, you're wired differently, and you must know who you are know that you're wired very very differently. If you're the person who goes, "You know what? I see the process over here, and I think the process ought to be different, but everybody's pushing back against that process. You need to listen to that. And you need to test. Go back to the old scientific method that we learned in the lab and in the textbooks when we were younger. I have a hypothesis that this could be done a different way that's where the billionaires have come from that that were self-made not not coming from massive industry but people that will start something and then it takes off and it goes bananas now they could also be good students and they can be conformists but i'm speaking to a group of people and you know who you are who your entire life you didn't quite fit the good student mold You didn't have a good GPA, and that seeped from culture to your head and down into your heart that something was off, something was wrong with you. You weren't good enough. Now, you keep listening to that message long enough, you weren't good enough, and watch what happens. You drop the good from it, and it gets really dark. You aren't enough. And I think the world is full, and I think there are people watching me today and listening to this today that have been wandering through life, blown like tumbleweed in an old Western movie, back and forth across the street, because you were afraid to put down roots and say, I'm different. I'm not a conformist. I am going to go a different path. And that doesn't make me less than. That doesn't make me wrong. That makes me unique. Unique. Let me me help some of you. If you feel smothered by the lack of creativity, if you feel smothered by the amount of rules, this is a sign that you are a nonconformist. And the breakthrough that you have been hoping for, wishing for, praying for, striving for, could be as simple as that realization today. To go, wait a second, I get it now. Conformists are great. Non-conformists are great. This is all about context. The entire teaching today is about helping you realize uniquely who you are and then realizing the context that you must put yourself in. And We're talking about the work world here. But some of you have been dealing with years, some of you, decades of frustration, unmet expectation, a lack of meaning, a lack of purpose. And you've been wandering and you've been medicating, trying to make your heart feel better because you were told that you were a bit of a problem, that you needed to do better. And I'm sorry about that because the message should have been, you don't need to do better. You need to do it your way. But we stick little kids into a classroom at the age of five, and we start teaching them, watch this, folks, we start teaching them the color between the lines and match up the color to the number instead of just going, hey, Johnny, hey, Susie, here are some crayons, Here's some blank paper, just do something awesome. Draw a fish, draw a dog, draw whatever you want to draw. See, we don't do that, and we think that it's harmless. Ken, you're being a little too serious. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because we've been telling kids that success is based on the great GPA and be a valedictorian and shoot for that. When in all reality, world changers are rarely, rarely the greatest students. They're just people who see something different because they have a unique view of the world and a unique way of doing it. Greatness lies within your uniqueness. You were created to fill a unique role. You are needed and you must do it. That's the way I see you and your role in the world of work. We've created a tool to help you get some deep clarity on what does that role look like, that unique role. Well, it's a combination of using what you do well, that would be talent, to do work you really enjoy, that would be passion, to produce results that matter deeply to you, that's a sense of mission. And when you can figure out those three elements, how they work together, you're going to find tremendous meaning and purpose in your work. And, oh, by the way, tremendous financial opportunity because you're going to be happy and fulfilled and and promoted. And, and and again, uh, a deep sense of significance leads to tremendous success in multiple areas. So to get clear assessments, about a 15-minute assessment that will measure those three areas, give you a purpose statement, ideas, and great confidence that comes from clarity, get it at KenColeman.com slash assessment, KenColeman.com slash assessment. Let's go to the Big Apple, New York City, where Katie is on the line. Katie, you're on the Ken Coleman Show.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for taking my call today.
0: You bet. How can I help?
1: So I'm in a situation where I feel like my hands are tied in the job that I'm at. Um, I've been there for about three and a half years. And there's quite a few problems with the job, um, but I'm still afraid to leave it. Um, one reason is I feel like I'm having trouble finding part-time work that will pay comparably to what I'm making now. Mm-hmm. And I would really prefer to go into a different type of work as well outside of my field. But that's a scary thing to go about doing something sure. completely different. So how do I get over that fear of transitioning jobs
0: yeah let's uh let's have some fun with this let's put fear on the witness stand okay and so we're just going to go picture our favorite courtroom drama and and um and we want to put fear up there and see if fear is telling you the truth and protecting you right now uh or is fear lying to you and holding you back that's what we got to figure out we're gonna do it right now so what are you most afraid of let's let's go towards that deepest heart desire which i think i heard which is you really want to do a different type of work altogether. You want to get into a different line of, of work, a different field. True?
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I'm i a little burnt out with the work that I do right now. I, I kind of dislike it, and I would like to do something different. And I actually had a really good interview about two or three weeks ago. It's a job that's completely different. I feel excited about the type of work that it is. But when I think about starting the job and having to learn to do something completely different, I feel panicked. I feel very nervous. So what are we afraid of?
0: So what specifically are you afraid of? Let's just say you get that job tomorrow and you start Mm -hmm. next Monday. What are you afraid of? And I want you to be very, very specific with this new job and all this new stuff you got to learn and do. What are you afraid of?
1: I think the vision in my mind is showing up to work and I try to do my best at it but my boss or even the other people that I'm working with they feel like I'm not doing it correctly or the yeah. best way or that I'm not working hard enough.
0: Right. Okay. What are the chances that you would ever truly in your own estimation not work hard enough?
1: Well, I would always try to do my best, but in my mind is No, how no, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. I'm not talking about doing your best. I'm saying I'm pulling out some things that I'm hearing that you wouldn't work hard enough. You were afraid that these new folks in a new company, new skill set, blah, 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 that they're going to think you're not working hard enough. And I'm asking you, what are the chances of that happening to where you aren't putting in the effort?
1: It's it's low. Zero. we will always try to, yeah. I will Zero. Do my Zero. The hardest.
0: Yeah. I can just tell. All right, so we don't so let's so is fear telling us the truth or lying to us on this one? On that issue, one one issue alone?
1: Could be lying.
0: It's lying. You're not going to go in there and give a half performance. You're going to give everything you got, true or false. That's true. All right, so yeah. so no one in their right mind is going to think that you're not working hard enough. That's effort. Yes? Yes. All right. Yeah, you're right. So good. Now, let's talk about the skill side of it. Do you have a track record of learning new things, going through training, figuring it out, maybe stubbing your toes, skinning your knee professionally, but that's just a part of the learning process, and you kept growing, you kept moving up, do you have a track record of that, or do you have a track record of the opposite?
1: I did it with my first job, I mean, when I came out of high school, I didn't you know, go to a four year college. I didn't even get an associate's degree. I learned on the job how to do bookkeeping. So I know that I have the ability to learn. I've done it before. Yes, but you have.
0: but that's also
1: been quite a while ago.
0: Oh, so you've gotten so you've gotten dumb. You've gotten less intelligent. <laughs> that's what I'm well, hearing. when
1: you put it that way. Well but I did oh, wait
0: wait 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 wait. I didn't put it that way. That's what I heard. I heard well, I came out of high school and I learned a trade From scratch, and I didn't have a college degree, and I still learned how to do it, and I've done a good job, but, Ken, that was a long time ago. I don't know if I can do that again.
1: That's what I heard. Yeah, that's scary.
0: I get that it's scary, but it's also bull crap. You can still learn things and do new things, true or false? (laughs) True. Come on, Katie. I believe in you. You just need to believe in you, and I don't think there's any evidence here that says me moving to a different industry Um, is going to mean that I'm not going to be successful. Now, let's just put this to a further test. Do you have the raw talent right now to do this other job that we've been talking about? Do you have the talent? Not the skill yet. You can learn the skill and be trained, but do you have the raw talent to learn it and do it?
1: The new job that I would like to have is kind of in hospitality. It's at a wedding venue, and I think that I'm a good people person. There's a little bit of me that thinks that I could be good at you know doing the bookings for people and talking them through details of the wedding venue. Wait a
0: second. Um, So you're telling me this is going to be a people-facing role, and have a good amount of details and organization with it as well?
1: Yes, definitely. Very detail-oriented. Now, wait a second. I know I'm. You're really
0: good at bookkeeping, which tells me you're good at organization and details.
1: I am. I'll. I'll accept that. Yeah. And
0: you're. Oh, <laughs> you'll accept that. You are very mean to my friend Katie, and I don't like it. I think Katie's awesome. I wish Katie thought that Katie was awesome. That's what I think. I listen. You've got a great personality. You're good with people. True or false?
1: I think so, but yeah. sometimes I don't think so.
0: Why? <laughs> what, what evidence is there that you're not good with people?
1: Hmm. I don't know.
0: There's not. You may have a bad day. We all have a bad day. But you're good with people. If I interviewed everybody that knows you, would they say you're good at connecting with people and getting along with people? Yeah. Okay, sure. Yes. What's going on? What's going on with you? Where's that lack of confidence coming from, Katie? Because I think you'll shine in this role. I think you'll shine. But I'm just curious. I
1: just keep going back to the reasons why I'm afraid to leave the job that I'm at because there's a ro- a lot of reasons why I should go. Okay. Um, so what are the reasons right now, what are the
0: reasons you shouldn't go? What's so great about this bookkeeping job that you're afraid to leave?
1: Well, and right now I'm I'm a bank teller. Oh, bank teller. Um, so what are
0: you afraid to leave? The benefits?
1: Yeah, some benefits I do get. Paid time off, um, which I wouldn't have at this new job. But What's the salary? Closer.
0: What's the salary exchange look like?
1: Um, it's very similar. So right now I make about twenty seven thousand a year, and then with the new job I think it would just be a little less at about twenty five or twenty six.
0: And are you living in Manhattan?
1: No, I'm. I'm outside of the city, and I also work part-time. It's very important to work part-time for me.
0: But this new job... Okay, so this is going to be a part-time wedding planner job that fits your family needs and your relationship and life balance. Yes.
1: And it's closer to home. It's much closer. Right now, I drive an hour to and from work, and they've also... Cut me down to
0: Katie. This is a no brainer.
1: 20 hours. Guess
0: what? This is a no brainer. I want you to take it. I want you to take it with great confidence because guess what? The bank teller job and other bank teller jobs will always be there. This is what you want to do. It's good for your life, in your work life. It's good for your relationship life. Everything is better. You get those hours of commuting back. You're going to do something you really enjoy. I could hear it all over you as you begin to talk about helping people plan a wedding, uh, such an important memory, and you're going to be that, that, that human touch that takes care of the most important details at that season of their life. You're going to shine, Katie. Go do it. Your bank teller days are over for now. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.